Hey, people of America, this is Dr. Despair. Don't worry about yourselves, he's the one who cares. Hey, people of America, listen everywhere. He'll lead you to victory, his name is Dr. Dr. Despair! Bum, bum. Do you want to know why I have five-minute episodes? I have five-minute episodes because that's about as long as I can sustain a stream of consciousness uh, before it goes south in one way or another. And by south, I don't mean it takes a vacation in Orlando, Florida, home of Governor DeSantis and his quite sensible policies, in in my opinion. Uh, there are those that disagree with me. But his quite sensible policies on the uh, COVID thing. Uh, because look, hey, Florida's still around. Didn't sink into the ocean. Not yet, anyway. Um, and basically, they've had probably more freedoms from restrictions on the disease than, than most places have. So, um, yeah, just saying. I mean, check your facts, people. A lot of people live in Florida, and they're crowded up in just like a few places. Um there's like the Tampa area and the Miami area and then there's the Jacksonville area and then I think Orlando uh, area Orlando, boy, that place has gotten big and crowded. Wasn't like that when I was a kid. But anyway getting back to why these are five minute episodes and not, you know, five minute sessions. Let's call them sessions from now on. We're not doing a podcast. We're doing therapy. Um, so we have five minute sessions, right? Well, you know, it's because it's all one way, right? It's me talking to you. Uh, and, you know, and I've said this before, but it's not exactly true. I only say this and, you know, I don't care what you think. I do care what you think. Of course, I want to care what you think. Because I want you to be the successful people that you can be. Given the freedoms that you do have and don't recognize. So, as I speak out to you, minions everywhere... Five minutes is about all I can sustain before I'm going to say something really, really stupid. And then I have to delete the whole thing because I don't want to edit it. Okay, that's why they're five minutes. That's why I target five minutes because five minutes I can give you some wisdom, stream of consciousness wise, and that's it. You know, I sometimes have longer sessions because I'm on a roll. It's going good. I look down, it's a five minute and it's like, oh man, I've had some, some good things here, but I can get, you know, sneak one more in. That's the risk, because I tell you, I've done, I, you know, yeah, it's like jumping into cold water. It's like being on that high dive. They don't have high dives anymore because too many people died. But being on that high dive and looking down in that water and realizing it's going to be a cold. You know, and I had a dream about that, a very strange dream last night about uh, being in a, uh, I was like at, uh, you know, how can I describe this dream? Oh, really quickly. Um, I got two minutes before the end of this session. Um, you know, maybe you're my therapy. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe I need you like you need me. Is it possible that this positivity 
which wells up from Dr. Despair and spreads out to the universe. The source, the beacon, you see. Maybe that's, you know, my my therapy. <clears throat> Maybe this is all just therapy, one to another. And I'm going to get to that probably in session two. But, um, but this session one, I've forgotten what it was about. But I was talking about this dream I had. It was kind of crazy. I have very good dreams, like very detailed dreams. This one, um, you know, hey, what does it mean? So, uh, hey, Sigmund Freud's out there. Uh, shut up. Go away. Um, Young's, I mean, whatever. Uh, I'm not looking, you know. So, whatever. You know, Freud did... Okay, he might have been a smart guy. And I've talked about Freud, I know, before. But, boy, that guy really did screw a lot of stuff up. You know? Anyway, but let's just kick Freud to the curb and say, Shut up, Sigmund Freud. We don't care about you. You're a nit. You're a nit like that guy Bill Nye and those others. But uh, All right, the, the dream is uh, concerning a taking my kids to a weird science camp um, where they're studying the effects of people underwater. I, I don't get it. But in this dream, I'm, you know, of course, I'm a mad engineer. Uh, not mad. I'm not angry mad. Crazy engineer. Mm, yeah, kind of. Eh, pretty much the sanest engineer I know. But anyway, that's, that's again, that's beside the point. There's only 19 seconds left. Um, 18, 15, something, 14. I can't look because, you know, again, using Samsung, hands-free Samsung device, I have to go and, like, pick up the Samsung device to look and see how many seconds it's been, and then that would be defeating the purpose. So I got to wait till I get to a stoplight or something like that to pick up the device. And then I'll check the time, which I'm sure, you know, well, I can't really see it because it's upside down. But, uh, well, I can't. I know it's been more than five minutes. Um, what the heck? So, uh, well, I'll get to a stoplight at some point, and I'll be able to pick up the device and say stop, um, which I could probably just reach over there and, oh, no, ah! no, I'm just faking it. Not, there's no danger to me. I'm driving down a road. It's a totally safe road. A nice morning, you know. Boy, the sun's yellow. I like that yellow sun. You know, yellow suns feel like they're going to be warming you up, you know. It's like, good morning, Dr. Despair. How are you this morning, says the sun. You know, it's going to be a nice day today. You're going to enjoy it. And, you know, I know you're a little bit chilled because it's kind of clammy out there at 49 degrees Fahrenheit and at 8.18 uh, in the morning. But you know what? Hey, good stuff. That's what the sun says to me. I don't know what the sun says to you. Hey, look, a red light. Good. I'll be able to pause the episode. Um... Here, get ready to pause, get ready to pause. Coming up to the red light. Hope it doesn't turn green. Okay, yep, there I am. All right, picking up the phone and stopping this session. Thank you. So I'm back. Yeah, see, well, I went one minute long and all sorts of weird stuff happened. Oh, it's good to be Dr. Despair. So people, yeah, weird dream. I don't want to go into it. We don't need to psychoanalyze it. It's just, let's just say, imagine that you went on a vacation and uh, basically there was, uh, you thought you were going to get a crappy pool, but because it was this cool science pool, it was like really big and they had like little things you could go and like swim down to and then they had like air things, you could just breathe air underwater. Um, you know, if you ever have these dreams, they're not drowning dreams. Dreams on which I'm drowning are the best I ever... That's tears for fears. 
No, dying. He was dying in his dreams. Figure that one out. I know it's kind of funny. I know it's kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I ever had. <sighs> Boy. You know, someone should have really gone out and said, Guy, let me give you a hug. Maybe that's what he wanted. You know, he just wanted somebody to come along and give him a nice hug. You know? It's like, it's okay, buddy. You know, it, it's all right. You know, mad world, sad world. You know, uh, tell me, teacher, is it my birthday or something? I don't, I don't know. That I like the song, really. You know, it's a sad song. Lyrics are really sad. Uh, I, I guess that they're still around. You know, look at these bands from your youth. And you think, well, that guy had like crazy hair. And now you see him and they don't have any hair at all. It's like, what happened? Oh my gosh, did we all get old all of a sudden? And the answer is, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But you can't really, I don't think, you know, it's not like when you're one of these like kind of, not that they were edgy. I'm talking about Tears for Fears now, you know. They weren't edgy. Okay. I don't think so. They were a little bit, I don't know. A lot of people thought, uh, you know, my friends and all, it's like, you like Tears for Fears? Wow. You're some kind of nit. Not nit. Nit nit is a term I usually reserve for Bill Nye and Anthony Fauci. They're nits. Um, <clears throat> no, but people would look down on you if you listen to Tears for Fears. They were a good band, you know, and that's the problem. That's the negative side of peer pressure, right? Minions accept other people as they are. Um, <clears throat> you don't have to change them. What? What is that, your job? No. But anyway... Um, getting back to the dream thing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So the pool ended up being a whole lot bigger and a lot funner. Except all of a sudden, you know, all these other people were swimming in the pool too. And I knew that they were all like scientists and we were all at a conference, right? You know, and they were scientists, not engineers. So swimming in a pool with a bunch of scientists. And it gets back to my whole thing about libertarianism. I'm not a libertarian. I know some of you guys are. But the analogy I use is that we're all in the swimming pool. And yeah... When you're in a swimming pool, you do care what other people are doing. It's not just themselves. You cannot just be an island in that swimming pool. If you want to be a libertarian, get the hell out of the pool. That's what I'm going to say. Don't keep swimming around here. Don't expect the world to just, you know, fine, go to Mars. You can be a perfectly good libertarian, do whatever the hell you want to. And and there was that kind of spirit of pioneerism in America. And you got to say... Salute there, Mr. Libertarian, or Miss Libertarian, because I think it's about equal, really. Someone should do that study. I know that the male Libertarians are more vocal than the female Libertarians, but I got to tell you, you know, I've probably met just equal amounts of female and male Libertarians over the time. You know, the girl who's always trying to get you to read Ayn Rand, you know, it's like, oh, read The Fountainhead. It's great. It'll change your life. It's like, uh... What? That's, you know, I know there are Ayn Rand fans out there, but I'll tell you what, she could not write and she belabored. She's just, God, talk about me going on and on. You only have to put up with me for like 20 minutes a day tops. I mean, try reading the stupid Fountainhead book, which is just terrible. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff and I got to put that one down. I didn't finish it. It was like, I got the damn point. Come on, Miss Rand, whatever your name is. I can't even pronounce the first name. I got it. You don't have to keep hitting me over the head. I ain't, you know, anyway, but <clears throat> where was I? Oh, yeah, Libertarian Pool. Yeah, 
Yeah. But the, this poll was just full of a lot of other people at the conference all having fun with their kids, right? I'm like, this is kind of fun. I'm having a good time. That's the end. That, there's nothing else to this story. That's it. So, you know, hey, Sigmund Freud. Yeah, figure that one out, doofus. I know you're dead. And I kind of feel bad about that. I don't know where you are now, where your soul resides in heaven or hell or limbo or purgatory or, you know, or even if you just snuffed out, you know, and you're not even there and you can't even hear me anymore and know what I think about you. Yeah, you made a name for yourself, but are you really proud of what the work you did was? You know, how many just people would take your Sigmund Freudness and just start interpreting everything as like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Did you make the world a better place or a worse place? I don't know the answer to that question. But if you still have a consciousness, or not a consciousness, but if you still have being, and you can hear my voice now, or someday we meet, and uh, either I'm in heaven or I'm in hell, and you're in hell or you're in heaven, and we can talk and converse and stuff like that, I would really like to know. I'd really like to know. But I probably will know. And that's like a whole thing about like the afterlife and death and like ghosts and stuff like that. Is they probably know, but they know on a different way, you know, just saying. Think about it, guys. Let's take a pause here. And you can think about it for however long because you can hit pause on whatever you're listening to as I approach another red light. Thank you. Bye. The following is an unpaid advertisement for Blissful Co's Blissful Bubbling Body Wash. Here it goes. And one, and two, and... Hey, folks out there, I've tried this wonderful new product called Blissful Bubbling Body Wash. At first found in a place that no one else knows, but was in a state in which it has a state, a city called Kansas City. And there's another uh, state nearby, which has a city named Missouri City, which is the home of Blissful Co. Blissful Co. A non-for-profit, totally, absolutely in it for the world, just to make it a better place corporation that is not big in any sort of sense of the world. It's not big body wash. It's not big oil or big chema or big pharma or anything like that. It's a little uh, small batch factory uh, kind of place. We make small batches of blissful bubbling body wash, which is a joy to use all the time. You know, you don't have to use it in the shower. Just I just pour it over myself every now and then. Um, it has an attractive color an attractive smell, and it doesn't exactly bubble as much as it just fizzes. It fizzes, and, you know, try inhaling it. Try inhaling it or drinking it, but but mostly, you know, make sure you take it into your body in some way. Um, and just, you know, let it, you know, anyway, it, again, it's free of all the nasty chemicals that everybody else uses. In fact, it's completely chemical-free, trademark, um, in a sense. Um, in that it's not, well, yeah, I mean, like, kind of everything's a chemical, you know, if you think about it. I mean, that's what my chemistry teacher said. Wait, wait, this, sorry, uh, got you back to the point. Find it, get it, use it, and when you're done using it, give it to your friends. Um, it's good stuff. It really, 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 really is. Totally is. And no mind control agents. Thank you. Bye. That's the end of that, uh, commercial. Uh-huh. Uh, get back to the podcast. Oh, Siggy. Yeah. You were called Siggy in Bill and Ted's 
excellent adventure. You were there to help people. I'm sure you were. But I think you were bored out of your nut. I really do. And uh, you just started to say, hey, let me try this. Yeah, I can do it. Oh. Yeah, well, did you really help people? Did you really help the earth? I don't know. I'd like to know, but I don't know. Net, were you a positive or a negative? I can kind of see the negative side of you. And it's, but, but, you know, the positive side is like kind of harder to know because like, you know, you're not, you know, you can't go back to when you were around. And isn't that true for everybody? You know, I wanted to talk about like meaning and authenticity. And in fact, I've had several good three quarters episodes. One of them was like 15 minutes of solid recording, uh, which I just, I had to toss because I just like some place along the line lost, lost that normally very clear pattern of thought, you know, which you guys have come to expect where I move from point A to point Z through all the letters in between in a very systematic and organized fashion, you know, which is just my normal nature. But you know, like I said, someplace around the letter L, I think I just started on a number system and I was, and it wasn't like L1, L2, L3. You know, it's like when you, like, you know, you guys are making a PowerPoint or something like that. And you like start off and you got these nice little bullet things. And then someplace along the line, you, you know, the bullets started to become numbers. And then they were letters. And then they were 1.1, 1.2. And it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Where am I? <laughs> and then you just forgot. Does that ever happen to you? Like in the middle of like, you know, a meeting in front of like 250 people. You just suddenly, it's like, hey, what the heck? How did I get to this slide? I don't even remember making this slide. Who made this slide? You know, like that. And then you just like thumb through a bunch of other slides. You know, it's like you hit the forward button like six times. And it's like, no, 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 don't remember any of this stuff. Somebody else's PowerPoint presentation must have gotten slipped in there. You know, it's happened to you. Maybe it's not, not happened to me either. Maybe it's only happened in a dream or two. Um, yeah. Anyway, hey. I don't know. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dr. Despair podcast. And I hope you enjoy all of them. And I, look, try to make today a good day. Do something good for somebody else. You know, that's that'll make you feel good. Just say something nice to somebody. Just, you know, be a positive force in the universe. And don't start trying to interpret their dreams. And certainly don't start trying to interpret Dr. Despair's dreams. You know, think about them more like Martin Luther King's dream. And I do have a dream. I have a dream where everybody feels like their lives are meaningful and that they want to be useful to me, you know, as I rule the entire universe. It's going to be good. It really is. The rest of this world is stupid. It stinks. You know, we've had crummy presidents, two really crummy, possibly three or four crummy presidents in a row, um, maybe five, six. Yeah, six crummy presidents in a row. Is this acceptable to you? No, we don't need presidents anymore. We need one grand benevolent, 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 benevolent sounds like a Dr. Seuss word, benevolent dictator, me, to rule the entire world slash universe because there are people that are like going to be like on Mars and on Neptune and on Jupiter. I mean, they are going to be literally on Jupiter. I know you, you say like, that's not possible, but they're going to be living in cloud cities on Jupiter. That's well, that's my promise to you. When I am dictator of the world, 
there will be people that are going to be going to Jupiter to live in cloud cities. And they're all going to be making statues of me. And the statues are going to say, Dr. Despair made this possible. Thank you, Blissful Co., for sponsoring the Dr. Despair episode and podcast. Goodbye, minions. Remember, Dr. Despair loves you all. Loves you very, very much. Bye. Hey, folks, a special bonus session. Session number four. Um, America, you know I love you. I love all of you. I love each and every single individual in this country. Whether you're in prison, uh, not in prison, whether you're a politician or not a politician, whether you're on the right or on the left or in the middle or, you know, whatever. Dr. Despair has a big heart. A big heart that's just full of acceptance and love and respect everything else I don't care who you are or what you've done and I really literally mean that there is a place you know for you your life will always have meaning it'll always have purpose it's not an existential crisis in which you live no you couldn't even have an existentialist crisis if you tried no, the world is not a machine which suddenly will break down and the plane of the machine of your life will come crashing to earth one day. No, that's just not the way it is. Um, that's not the way to live your life. As if it's about to end and you gotta rush through it and get all those things done. Um, in one of the deleted sessions, uh... I think it was deleted. If not, it accidentally got up there. I talked about... Um, I talked about a song... Living in the Love of the Common People... By uh, Paul Young. It's a good song. And I'm going to uh, include that in this episode... For those uh, Spotify listeners... That will listen to it and will say... You know what? That's, a, that, that's it. You captured it. And so... Wherever you are... You know... I mean, I don't care... It's better to live in the love of the common people than it is to live in the love of some kind of, like, kooky uh, celebrity fan fest, you know? Uh, it's better to love your neighbor, even if your neighbor's a big jerk. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say, well, I, I mean, sure, whatever. I mean, if, you're, if your neighbor's operating a meth lab in his basement, right, and you don't know it, Right, but it could happen. Could be, you know, you live in a nice suburban community, and then all of a sudden you find out your neighbor's running a meth lab in his basement. How are you going to treat your neighbor any differently, right? Well, you might call the cops and say my neighbor's running a meth lab. You know, haul him off to prison. But are you doing it because of uh, just because you want to get back at your neighbor because you hate your neighbor? You know, I mean, if you liked your neighbor, would you treat him differently? You know, no, whatever. You, you got to report that to the to the feds. You know, that's not right. It's not right for the kiddos. You know, all this stuff just hurts people, right? So don't do it out of anger or hatred or jealousy or to right some wrong of the past. You know, you do it because that's the right thing to do, right? But you can still, even though your neighbor is a destructive force in the world and really 
maybe, you know, arguably someone could say the world will be better off without that dude. You know, and I, I guess depending on what your value system, that maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. Um, that guy had a mom and a dad and maybe his mom and dad didn't love him. You know, or maybe it's not a guy. Maybe it's a gal. Maybe her mom and dad didn't love her. You know, maybe she suffered from abuse at some point in her life. All right. To understand all is to forgive all. Kind of. We're suffering through multiple tragedies at this moment in this country. And people keep saying they're all senseless, but they're not. They're all completely rational tragedies. They are signs of mental illness and stress and disease, conflict, hatred, war, jealousy, all these things which oppress the soul. These men and women, but mostly men, no, they're not minions of mine, I can say that. But I can still have compassion for them. I have more compassion for their victims, make no doubt about that. But there's room enough in my heart for having compassion even for the worst of us by the qualities and standards of living peacefully in a society. We can see within each of these people something human, something of ourselves, something of failure, something of tragedy. Yes, there are penalties that must be paid and society must be protected. But what are they but victims of their own hatred? Victims who create more victims. Is that true for you too? Are you a victim who's out there actively creating more victims? If so, then you're part of the problem. It's time to get that fixed. That's enough for me from Dr. Despair.